I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. And holy jumping junipers, I cannot believe we are at the end of the year already. I hope that as you're listening to this, you are feeling rested and emotionally reset from the hustle and bustle of the holidays. As I talked about last week, I know it can be a tumultuous time and a roller coaster of feelings of high highs and low lows. And I just hope that all of you are feeling balanced going into the new year. And if you're not, that's okay. There is nothing I hate more than the new year, new me bullshit. Wouldn't life just be so easy if we went to bed one night and woke up the next day and were a newer, better, more productive version of ourselves. That is so unrealistic and sets so many of us up for failure and disappointment, which is why today I want to talk about why you don't need New Year's resolutions. I'm going to be so real with y'all. I am pre-recording this. Today is December 22nd, so my Christmas festivities begin tomorrow on the 23rd, and I just wanted to get this recorded so that I too can have a break and a little bit of time off. I think I have four days off of completely nothing, no work on my list. So I have not had my Christmas yet as I'm recording this. I'm still just riding the intense wave of the holidays. I had my last therapy session of the year this past week. And let me tell you, it was a doozy. I'm gonna spend a little time reflecting right now on the year before I hop into why you don't need New Year's resolutions. But yeah, having my last therapy session of the year was a big one because my therapist is off this week. I am still doing weekly, just, you know, holidays. Gets everything a little jumbled up. And immediately my therapist was like, oh boy, Something's, something's going on. I don't believe that you're actually good. And I just broke down, had a little menti bait. And I was like, bestie, you're so right. I am very unwell. Talked a lot about just the grief and feelings and weirdness that has hit me like a tidal wave this past week. And she was so lovely about that. I was kind of like, oh, I know she's my like ERP OCD therapist. Is this, 
do we do talk therapy here too? Is that an option? And uh, it is indeed. And she had me write a lovely letter to myself of compassion, which was really important and needed for me to just slow down. And it really, really did help me express those feelings. And I've been feeling a lot lighter ever since. It is wild to me that I am officially like eight weeks into the actual exposure therapy part of therapy, which is the big scary stuff. And I'm just really proud of myself. That is one good thing that has came out of this year is having the time and feeling ready to take the big frightening step into doing exposure therapy and even just being diagnosed with OCD was huge this year. I've gone my entire life being misdiagnosed with anxiety and the way that I've been treating that anxiety with therapy actually making my OCD worse. And that's why I've been, I guess, in such despair of like nothing helps, nothing is remedying this. I was actually feeding into the OCD and making it worse. So having an accurate diagnosis and being able to seek the correct form of treatment has been so important and life-changing, even though there's a long way to go. Even just so far, I am noticing so many changes in my day-to-day life, and that has been so big for me this year. No therapy is so inaccessible to so many of us, and I burned through my benefits real fast, and I'm back to paying out of pocket. I really wish it was something that was easier for everybody to access. I know finances are a huge huge barrier for a lot of people. To anyone going through it, I really hope that going forward, you're able to find ways to help feel your best self. Wow, thinking about it now, this has been a year of a lot of big things. My divorce was also finalized this past summer, which if you're in America and don't know, divorces here in Canada take a very long time. It is a multiple year process, no matter what. I was only married for a year and a half. We didn't own any property together, didn't have any human children together, and it still takes that long because they don't even let you file for divorce until you've been living separated for one whole year. which is very strange to me because it is so easy to get married and get a marriage license. They don't make you wait a year after applying for a marriage license. I don't know, the whole process feels very misogynistic and weird with the motives behind this whole year waiting period. Anywho, I learned a lot from that process. I, I don't think I've personally processed all of that yet because that was all going on at the same time that I was grieving the loss of Boo, which was also a really, really big event that happened this year. I can't talk too much about it because I will cry. I've been crying every day. There's been a lot of feelings and I, I know that grief is just having so much love in your heart with nowhere for it to go anymore. Oh boy, we're getting... We're cutting onions, reeling it back in. Anywho, my point being, okay, I'm gonna take a second here. <laughs> my point being that there is just a lot of really big feelings and changes that have been happening in my life this year. And my therapist has been really good at reminding me to write all this stuff down and to give myself a pat on the back for all of these things, whether big or small, that are impacting my day-to-day life. To just give myself more love and compassion with trying to do ordinary things when I'm carrying so much from a very wacky wild year. There's also been a lot of great things that have happened this year. Heavily, heavily got back into reading. It's so interesting. In 2022, I read 54 books, which I already want to preface this with. Comparison is the thief of joy. Everybody is so different. I do not want anyone 
comparing or judging themselves based on how many books I'm about to say I've read this year. But I have read over 300 books so far this year in 2023, which is a really big change. And I'm sure you can tell I use reading as a form of escapism. Everyone has their own escapism. For some it's reality TV, for some it's video games, for some it's working out, and no one thing makes you better than the other. It's been a really important outlet for me to have reading and I've made so many great friends through book talk and even just reconnecting with friends that I knew previously in life who I hadn't talked to in a while because I also see on Instagram that they're back into reading. And that's been really special for me and has helped me through a lot of really hard shit. It's interesting because those are really just the big things that stick out to me this year and everything else just kind of felt like the in-between. And while I know there was a lot of other stuff that happened and I could look back at my pictures and this, that, and that, for me, I don't, I don't find it super important to do that. Looking at life as years, I know, I know can be helpful for some people, but for me in this place in my life that I'm at and how I'm feeling going into the new year, I think it might be detrimental for me to look at it that way. And I don't want to set any expectations going into the new year. I don't do the vision board. I don't make a list of things I'd like to accomplish. I've seen this really weird trend on TikTok uh, and it's people posting and saying like things that I failed at doing this year and listing things like, you know, limiting my screen time, eating healthier. And I'm like, what a fucking weird trend this is. I understand that, you know, maybe their thought is it's going to make other people feel better that they didn't achieve maybe what they wanted to as well. But I feel like there's a better angle that could be taken there without bringing up reflections of other people to say like, oh, I also didn't do this. I also failed at this. And I hate, 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 hate the word failure. So that is kind of part of the reasons I just don't love New Year's resolution. A lot of people can feel really funky going into the new year. It's just never really resonated with me. So much of it too. Oh my gosh, this is a big one. So much of the new year and New Year's resolutions is just fueled by gym marketing, diet culture, and generally just poking at people's insecurities and creating a not enoughness feeling to make us yearn for more, to think that we need to be better, do more, etc. That just really does not jive with me. I really encourage you as you're transitioning into the new year in these first couple weeks of the year to think about that and the marketing that you're seeing on Instagram, on billboards, wherever, on TV, and reflect upon like, where is this coming from and try and separate yourself from that because I I don't know maybe some of y'all are for new year's resolutions I doubt you're listening to a podcast called you don't need new year's resolutions though if you're gung-ho on the resolutions just really think that we all need to be a little bit more aware of even the little things that we consume when we're scrolling on our phone. Oh so, yeah, for many mental health reasons, this can be a really hard time for a lot of people. History of eating disorders, self-love and self-worth struggles, shopping addiction struggles. It is a hard time of year for so, so, so many people. The post-Christmas depression, financial distress, seasonal depression. There's less to look forward to with just the cold gray months waiting for spring, waiting for the days to keep getting longer. And I think that's why it's created the perfect storm for capitalism to prey upon people to feed in that, oh, get your quote unquote best body yet. Sign up for our $50 a month gym membership. Get your green juice and your healthy meal packages. New hair, like all of this shit when people are feeling their lowest is so scummy. I believe they say 
suicide rates are also highest in January with all of these things that I have just mentioned as well. So remember that you are already enough and lean into that and practice positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is so much harder than it sounds. It's one of those things that's like easier said than done. All of these thoughts, these micro thoughts that we have walking past a mirror and thinking, oh, I have so many blackheads in my nose. But around, no, those are there to protect me from other bacteria getting into my skin. I'm not a dermatologist. I don't know if that's true, but hey, I'm gonna say it. If it makes me feel better about myself, really leaning into that. Talk back and talk louder than that negative voice in your head. We are going into the next month with a different body shape than before. Saying, you know what? Thank you, legs, for holding me up, for keeping me moving every day. Just trying to switch the narrative there. Not in like a forced, forced way of toxic positivity. In a way where you are showing your negative self-talk, that little devil on your shoulder that it doesn't get to win. Brings me to New Year's resolutions. So for me, the whole idea of New Year's resolutions is just really stressful. Weird to put a time period on it because for me, the idea of change, I'm like, okay, if I wanted to implement a change, I can do that at any point throughout the year. Not when I'm mentally at my worst and setting myself up for failure, essentially. I prefer to reflect upon the past year, the bad and the good, no forcing optimism in that reflection, just finding big and small things that come to my head that make me feel proud of myself for the last year. Like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, for me, that's starting therapy, jumping into that. That is a huge thing that I am proud of myself for. Surviving the grief of losing my soul dog, that's huge. Navigating a very interesting divorce and choosing to keep more things private online. Being firmer boundaries in my business, that's been really big for me too. And even small things like holding better financial budgeting boundaries for my groceries. I'm flossing most days. Also holding space for parts of me going into the new year that are feeling hard. Resolved friendships, the loss of pets, friends, parents, relationships, all of these different things that affect us. Like I said, being mindful. We live in such a culture of pushing away feelings and not wanting to talk about and discomfort when wanting to talk about things. And it's interesting, my partner and I were talking about this recently with bereavement policy and somebody at his work had very, very recently woke up to finding his cat had passed away and was out of sick days, out of vacation days and showed up to work and was really distressed, talked to the boss and the boss was laughing at him, which is not it in general. And I know that pet bereavement is not understood, but it just shows the culture we live in of the expectation to keep pushing and go to work anyways. More so than that too, I saw a TikTok of a hospice nurse that had posted that when she sends her condolence card, she waits until at least two or three weeks after her patient has passed away to send the partner or the family a card. And that that's because in those first week or two or even just the first couple of days is when everyone is sending flowers and the uber eats cards and everything that's helpful and their crowd is hopefully there but after that it fades out really quick everyone else in their life might go back to business as usual and so that on day 17 is when she mails her cards out so that a few weeks after their family can still feel like somebody cares and that notion is what i think we all need to carry through into this new year is just giving yourself grace and compassion 
for everything else that we're carrying into the new year. Like I said, it's, I know some people might like to look at it as a quote unquote clean slate. That can be really mindfucky in my humble opinion. So I say, give yourself that grace and that compassion and understand who you are going into this new year, what you're bringing with you. And if there's things you don't want to bring with you, go to therapy and try and unpack that. Just checking in and holding space for friends. I think that this is really helpful if you're in a good space. Because I know I've had a lot of years. Last year, the year before, I was in a great space around Christmas and I was able to be there for my friends. I went around to a few friends' houses on Christmas Day and I checked in on them. Friends who have lost parents, have lost pets themselves. I was able to be that person to hold space for other people. So wherever you are on that spectrum, identify that and either maybe you can offer a hug and bring in soup over to a friend or you can be the friend that asks for help and it is so okay to ask for help and I think in general like I said January is such a hard hard time for a lot of us emotionally financially so last week no two weeks ago is when I did my frugal girl winter episode which is a not Christmas specific episode I tried to make it more general for winter so then maybe if you miss that episode you can go back and give it a listen to find things to do to keep lifting your spirits throughout January and February because I know here in ye old southern Ontario it's our gray months and because of some El Nino I've been told it's a very low precipitation winter this year, which means it is more of the great months. We're not going to have much of snow. That makes for a long fucking winter. I hate the slush and the ice. Like I would rather it just snow and stay or be spring. I don't love this in between. Right now my porch is covered in like some weird version of salt and sand that my landlord put on. It is ruining my outdoor mat. It is ruining my shoes. Sick of it. I'm tired of this grandpa. Oh, anywho, it's just gonna be a rough few months. And I've also seen some videos online being like, lean into winter and the slowness and the time of reflection. It is okay to not wanna do that. It is so okay to say F this. I'm gonna try and make the best of it to keep enjoying some days, but you don't have to love it. You don't have to want to live a reflective, quiet time. If you need to keep busy to pull yourself out of that pit of depression and pity, do it. Whatever you have to do and don't let anyone else judge you for that. That's all the notes I had today, but I want to chat about just some like unrelated stuff that's been going on the past few weeks that I've been dying to talk to y'all about. This might go a little off the rails. This, this is like a hard switch. We're taking a hard left turn here. I have just been dying to talk to y'all about cruise talk. And I figured, you know, let's not bring it up on the Christmas episode. But now that we're kind of out of the holidays, oh my God, is anybody else on World Cruise TikTok? And if you're not and you have that app, I encourage you to go into it because it has been juicy, juicy, juicy. These people on this Royal Caribbean cruise ship, they're on this cruise for nine months. Nine months, this December to September. That's enough time to gestate a freaking baby, a full human. This popped up on my feed a few days before they left with some of these creators and they weren't creators, most of them prior to going on this cruise, but just started posting videos because they thought it was interesting to have memories, I guess, of packing for this cruise. And this is where it just grabbed my attention because I was like, how the frig do you pack for a nine month trip on a boat where you're going to be going to different climates because they're going to every single continent and every wonder of the world. I have been so enthralled in this. I am following all the people that are filming and on the ship. I am following people that are not on the cruise, but are like commentating on it from the comfort of their home in America, I assume, because everything happens in America. This shit is wild. Now, if you are also on World Cruise TikTok, my girl is Angie. 
She is the first one that I saw. Her story makes sense to me because it, it caught, oh my God, y'all. It cost $60,000 to $130,000 for a room on this freaking cruise ship. And now for some, depending on what level of cruiser you are, you might get drinks included with that. Some don't include that. Some include some excursions, some don't. That is a lot of freaking money, especially since most of these people are not working while they're on this ship. Holy guacamole, my girl Angie. She is on this ship and she had a very inspiring story. And Angie, she looks like she's about mid-30s. She lost both her parents at 65 to various cancers. She carries the BRCA gene, so she is at high risk for breast cancer and ovarian cancer. She already had a double mastectomy. She will be having her ovaries removed after the cruise. Y'all, I feel like I know her. Okay, so her and her brother and his kids decided in, in a kind of morbid way, you know, we might not see retirement age. We might, we might not get to retire. So let's use the life insurance money from our parents to go on this freaking cruise. I'm telling you, they missed out. Bravo Network missed out on not making a reality show about this cruise. And these people are doing it great themselves, let me tell you that, because that sucked me in. I was like, girl, I support this so hard. And she makes her little videos every day of what she's doing. And she, I think the, the appeal, the draw to me with Angie is she's not, she's not a creator. She like, does, like, you know what I mean? Like she does videos with no cuts when she's talking where she's like, I, I could probably edit this, but I'm not gonna. Not high production value. It's just, it feels like just sitting on FaceTime with a friend. I love that. So that has been consuming my life throughout December. And it's been a fun little escape for me where in the morning when I go to brush my teeth, I pull up TikTok and I go, let's check on the world cruisers. So fun. And I hope that they all continue to make videos throughout the next nine months because I am so freaking invested. I already had some crossover too, where these like nine different TikTokers got together on the cruise ship and made some videos together, which I think is fun. They're just playing into it. Little Rat Brain, I believe it's her username. She is also freaking hilarious she is on this world cruise with her family which i'm like wow nine months in a room with your family that's interesting oh but it is so entertaining and i'm like okay there's 700 of them on all four legs of this cruise because you can opt to go for just three months at a time i say just that's still an insane amount of time and probably so expensive but 700 of them going for the full nine months that's a village there is gonna be drama, there is gonna be turmoil, and unfortunately there already is. Not to turn into your world cruise reporter for this segment of the podcast, there's one creator and she's a black woman, and she has already said that she has dealt with so much racism on board of other cruisers coming up to her, and she's clearly not in any uniform, she's in day-to-day -day clothes, and asking her if she works there. And then grilling her on what she does to afford this. Bitch, what did you do to afford this? Audacity, I cannot believe I can believe it but I just it's disappointing to believe oh we will see how the next nine months unfolds for them so parasocially invested y'all if any of y'all need something interesting to follow along in these next couple months hop onto world cruise tiktok what else okay I am doing my annual binge watch if you will I guess it's not binge watching because I am doing it every weekend I'm doing my annual rewatch of Harry Potter my Grinchmas that I've been having the past couple of weeks I needed to take a little step back for my Christmas movies I haven't done any Home Alone Santa Claus Christmas with the Cranks although that one is on my list for this week because I do love that one I've been needing to detach a little bit. So Harry Potter, it's like my comfort series, both the books and the movies. And so we've been rewatching some of those every weekend and they feel wintry to me. They feel both fall and wintry. That's been super duper fun. Oh my freaking God, I'm also reading Manacled, 
which if you are a Harry Potter enjoyer of the book variety, I highly recommend you look into the book Manacled. And it's, it's tricky because it's fanfic. So it's, you download it through archive of our own. And if you, you can go into Google and Google how to get EPUB files onto your Kindle. It's, it might seem complicated at first. It's not that hard. I promise you. So worth it because you can get it for free. Anyways, Manacled is a fan fiction written book, which honestly I think is written way better than any of the actual books. It's freaking incredible. Very, very dark, but it is a Draco and Hermione story. And it takes place, I think after, is it after Order of the Phoenix? So nothing past Order of the Phoenix is like true to this story, but it takes place in a world where Voldemort wins. Harry Potter, dead. Ron and his whole family, dead. The Order of the Phoenix, dead. Hermione, pretty much the sole survivor. And it's set in this world where Voldemort is trying to rise the number of wizards because there has been fertility issues in the wizarding world. And it's essentially like the Handmaid's Tale. It is, meets Harry Potter. And Hermione is being bred, essentially, with Draco Malfoy to raise these numbers. Anyways, it's twisted. It's dark and sick and twisted and strange and so good I cannot put it down. It's like a thousand pages. I'm only 25% in it. It's been my nighttime read. Oh my god, but it's so, so good. I cannot recommend that enough for my fellow HP fanatics. So on my media rant here, I finished the current season of Welcome to Plathville. I'm gonna make this quick so I know not everyone watches. If you watch, send me a message on Instagram because I want to talk about the Olivia and Ethan divorce. Just catching up on some of the very few shows that I watch. We finished The Golden Bachelor. Oh my God. I talked about this months ago and never revisited it because only like one person messaged me saying they watch it. We finished that and no spoilers because honestly, I recommend if you can go watch the whole season, it's all out. There's only like nine episodes. Go watch it because it's freaking fantastic. And in January, oh, this just lifted my spirits because I just remembered in January, we get to watch their wedding, the winners, winners, that sounds like a wrong word, whatever, the chosen woman for our boy Gary. They're televising their wedding. And I love that for them because I love that for me because I do, I do, and I will be watching that. Yeah, I'm really just leaning back into being over the holidays. I Not to, not to sound too grinchy, but by the time this episode rolls and we get this weekend of New Year's weekend, my plan is to get Christmas the heck put away and I want to organize and I want to do a little declutter and I just want to feel peace and calm in my space and just feel back to business as usual a little bit and I'm kind of over it and that's the beauty of me putting up my Christmas decorations in November start of November is by the time New Year's rolls around I'm ready I'm ready for it to go away it feels like a beautiful circle of life but that's pretty much all she wrote I am about to go pull out some laundry from my dryer, set out all my measuring cups and my dry ingredients because I want to make brownies today. I have a massage later this afternoon. Also, when this episode goes live, I have a massage on the 30th, so the day before this episode goes live as well. I'm treating myself with my insurance this holiday season. I'm having a good day. I think I forgot to say, today is officially the first day of my Christmas vacation from my day job. So that is very exciting. I'm wrapping up a little bit of online work like with this podcast episode. That's pretty much it. Uh, I don't know, might wait to edit it next week. We'll see, kind of just want to chill, make my brownies, get my massage. I got to wash my hair tonight because tomorrow's my 
my Christmas lunch with my parents, which I think I already told y'all, it's chill. We agreed we're wearing pajamas. It's just my partner and I and my mom and my stepdad. I'm making my fun little appetizer tomorrow once I get to their house for that. My mom pre-cooked everything today, so it's good to go for tomorrow. So yeah, I'm like, okay, all I gotta do, make some brownies, which is fun for me, get my massage, wash my hair, and it's Christmas, baby. I hope that all of you, I've just realized I have been swanging my mic around this whole episode. Usually I have it planted on the desk, but my partner's desk chair, the little uppy and downy button broke. So I'm stuck in uppy. So I can't, I can't posturally have my microphone sitting still on the desk. So I've been swanging it around. I hope the audio has sounded okay. But anywho, I hope all of y'all had a nice holidays, a nice new year's, and that you are feeling okay going into this month. And if you're not, that's okay. You don't have to feel okay. We are going to be back to kind of regularly scheduled content on the pod going forward. I have an episode I want to do the week after this. Uh, I think I already talked about it a little bit called, what was it? Contentment is the enemy of capitalism, something along those lines. Otherwise, I haven't laid out any content for the rest of January. So if you have episode suggestions or themes that you would love to hear about, let me know. Please, it'll save me the struggle of brainstorming. And enjoy your rest of your holidays if you get that. I think we all get Monday off for the most part, New Year's Day. And I know students, if you're maybe in college, some universities go back the second week of January. I don't know. But I hope you're all having a groovy gravy time. I will continue to have new episodes every Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And thank you all so much for being here with me. I just realized, I think I only started this podcast in 2023. I'm fairly confident. I started this at the start of 2023, took a like four month hiatus when Boo got sick and died and then came back and we've been good. And I will not lie, the numbers, yes, they were better before I took my four month break when Boo died. And that is okay. I don't care because I'm just grateful for those of you that stuck around. This is just, y'all know, a fun little hobby of mine, passion project. I'm not currently making any money from it. I just really love the network of people that we've built. And I'm kind of, I'm looking into, I know we've talked about it with like, oh, I'm going to make a book club. I'm thinking about making a Discord channel. I know I've talked about how I don't use, I tried using Discord once and I was a little confused. I might try and work through that because I think a lot of you would really get along with each other. And I think it might be fun to make a Discord channel. I think that's what it's called. If any of you know how to do that, maybe you could help a help assist out. And then we can have different channels and we can have a channel in the channel. There's gotta be different words for this. I don't I don't speak Discord. For like books. One for podcast episodes, one for I don't know, what other stuff do we enjoy? Reality TV. Whatever it might be. I think that could be fun. Feedback is very much welcome to DM me on Instagram if that sounds like something you would love to be in, even if there's only 20 of us that decide to be on it. I know I get about a thousand listens an episode, but even if a little, little biddle of us wanted to get together to have a place to chat, I think that could be really wonderful because I get a lot of messages from you individually. And I'm like, man, I know a lot of us are also feeling lonely and wish we had more pals in similar interests and internet friends are real friends too. So let me know how you think about that. Otherwise, I'm going to go make these freaking brownies and happy new year, my friends. I will see y'all next Sunday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 